Previously on Pilot House. Him littering, how wholesome. Another example of him being really wholesome. Look, I, I know I've only been here for six months, but I'm not exactly a rookie. I earned my jockstrap. Whoa, we just got a, yeah. just a mouthful of, uh, of information about this character's background. I don't know about no French press. I boil my coffee in a pan or whatever. Blood bubbling dead. Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Welcome to a completely normal ketchup episode. Sarah has just finished watching season one of Longmire mere minutes ago. Yes. And I would assume has so many feelings about it. I have thoughts, certainly. Yes, there are thoughts that I have. And we shall talk about them now. That's what we're doing. Yeah, that is, a uh, that is literally what a podcast <laughs> is. What's happening? In case you're somehow like listening to this first or something, uh, we did an episode of our standard format where uh, we watched the pilot of the TV show Longmire and then talked about it. This was one of our all or none episodes where Strangely had seen all of the show and I had seen zero of it. And so uh, that was, I think that was actually, that was our first All My was, episode. It was, Indeed. I watched the whole first season. We just watched the season finale together. And now we are going to talk about my feelings. And strangely, he will have some questions for me. Uh, and it's going to be great. I'm, I'm so excited. If you have not seen any Longmire and you still want to listen to this, at least go back and listen to the episode where we talk about the pilot first, I guess, would be my recommendation. And, Maybe. And spoilers for season one of Longmire oh, yes. to follow. All of obviously. the spoilers. Yeah. Catch-up episodes, it's, it's a foregone conclusion. Spoilers ahoy. <laughs> spoilers ahoy. Here there be spoilers. Uh, so, I guess something that uh, I want to ask you about right up front, how did you feel about the, 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 the format of this? I know you kind of had some thoughts about how it would be sort of crime of the week, solving crime, stuff like that. And I kind of kept mum about that in our original episode on sure. it. Something that surprised me when I started watching the show was how much it actually spends time on its overarching narrative right from the beginning. Yeah, that was definitely something that surprised me. I did not expect the whole thing about Walt's wife basically. I mm -hmm. mean, the, it, Walt's wife's death is presented in the pilot as if it's just going to be a sort of, this is the background radiation of Walt's life. This is what Walt is dealing with as a personal human being. Right. In addition to other things from the rest of the of his world and his life, and he's going to be dealing with a crime of the week. I expect it to be basically, he's going to be dealing with the crime of the week. He's going to be dealing with Branch trying to usurp his throne, mm -hmm. and he's going to be dealing with getting over his wife's death. Because they really present it as like, it's just the thing he's got to get over. It's been a year since she died, and he's not dealing with it, and everyone around him wants him to process the grief and, and move on. And that's what I was expecting. And then they almost immediately start going, oh, but what if it was a fucking mystery? What if his wife's death was also some kind of mystery that needed solving? And I was like, oh, okay. But they're very slow about it. Yeah. They just start giving you little flashbacks at first. And you're like, wait, what? And and someone will drop a line about, oh, yeah, I talked to your wife right before she went to Denver. What? Denver? Why did she go to Denver? What was Denver? Huh? And then, oh, this, this police detective from Denver keeps calling. You're like, what is going on with Denver? And there's flashbacks to Walt getting 
like a wound in his back sewn up. Mm-hmm. Henry's watching, and they're not in a hospital for sure. It's like some old ladies sewing him up, and you're like, the fuck is going on? And him freaking out driving, and like, there's all these flashbacks that keep coming out, and you're like, what is going on? I thought his wife... They don't establish how she died in that first episode. Right. And then it's very... It's gradually pieced out that she died of cancer. And you're like, oh, okay, so she died of cancer. But then it's also pieced out that there's some kind of mystery, and he did something he's trying to hide. Especially... Oh, I just realized. I just put it together. Henry says something about, you need to tell Katie, his daughter. And he says, families can be broken apart by lesser secrets than this. And I was like, what fucking secret? I just realized that yeah. they established in the in the, in the the finale that his wife was in fact murdered. Yes. And it's like, the fuck? It's, I did not expect that. And it did kind of bum me out that that's the route they went. I wanted, you know, we talked a lot in the pilot episode about how much I, and we both enjoyed how the show took its time with things and mm-hmm. kind of like breathed. And had little moments. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those little moments are kind of gone after the pilot. Yeah. The pilot really takes its time with things. And then they get way more shits happening. Especially it ramps up throughout the season. And this is a short season. Mm-hmm. Ten episodes. That That's not a lot of time. If I had known it was a ten episode season, I might have had different predictions. Mm-hmm. Because you just can't cover as much in a ten episode season as you can in a... 20 right. episode season or whatever but yeah i definitely didn't expect all the the mystery of his wife i thought his wife's death was just gonna be a thing he needed to get past that sounds cold but like to yeah. move to process and move on from right which it, you were correct in that it is like a major thing for him as a character yeah but i and this is like one of the problems that i have with the show overall yeah is that I think when the show stops making his wife's death and all of the things surrounding that, when it's not about his emotional growth process and it becomes a more immediate, like of the moment thing where, Oh, this is having repercussions and suddenly there's forces involved and and there's a detective investigating you because of it. Like when that starts to happen, I feel like it, it cheapens some of what is really amazing potential for that thing it's it's something that like i kind of come back to often um with there's a in the film john wick the the lead character's wife has passed away of natural causes cancer Mm -hmm. she has died and he is grieving her death and then somebody destroys the last thing she ever gave him and that's what sets him off on the path of revenge to like go fight through waves and waves of bad guys to like have his emotional process is someone interrupted John Wick's emotional process. Yeah. Rather than the um, then th- you killed being, my wife. And now I shall destroy everything. Yeah. That's and nice. and I think that's one of the reasons that that film John Wick has had so much staying power and I I bring that up in the context of this because I feel like the initial thrust of the the wife's death was more of that kind of thing. Yeah. That it's like he lost her and he's trying to grieve her and then things start piling on him with Branch coming in yeah. and training this new deputy and all of these like external forces. But then it all starts to tie back in together with this detective from Denver. Yeah, I definitely wish that his wife's death was something that he needed to deal with personally as it just happened. Mm-hmm. It was cancer. It wasn't something anyone could have done anything about particularly. It's not something he could have done anything about. It's not 
something he could apply his skills to. Exactly. And instead it becomes something he has and possibly that, that he did in fact apply his skills to and is still applying his skills to. Yeah. That it was a mystery that needed solving and that he has or he, he has possibly already d- done it. At least it's not an active ongoing mystery that he's also trying to solve. That would be even worse. Yeah. It seems like it's something he already figured out and possibly was involved in the death of the person who killed his wife. And now it's just coming out that maybe other people also know Mm -hmm. that he was involved in the death of this guy who maybe killed his wife. I don't know. It's still vague at the end of the season how much he was involved. Right. But, yeah, it would be worse if it was he was still actively... I don't. We don't need no castle bullshit. Where her whole—I don't. Did you watch Castle at no. all? The the main detective character, like her whole overarching thing, is like trying to solve her mother's murder. Mm-hmm. Her mother's murder when she was like in college, I think. And like, even when she finally does solve it, then there's all this. It was like it was some kind of like mob hit or something. So there's like trying to find out she finds that she finds and punishes the immediate person who actually shot her mom but then she has to find out the person who ordered the killing and punish them and like it becomes a whole fucking it was and then the, the person who ordered show. the person to order the person to yeah, like, to, yeah yeah it's just like that same kind of yeah. thing where it's like in as much as i feel like real life doesn't have neat beginnings middles endings like you know there's not a a a, a concrete arc to real life yeah things just stop in the middle for no reason whatever but something that you do see often in television is that things keep getting escalated yeah so things don't have beginnings and endings clearly in real life but things do have de-escalation there are many times in real life where like things get really intense for a minute but then there is a period of dropping off yeah it's one of the reasons that i have a hard time with shows like uh sons of anarchy or um some of the later seasons of Longmire where it's just like it keeps like you just keep escalating things and you don't give your characters a reprieve. That's one of the reasons like, yeah, I do love a lot of the things Joss Whedon makes like in Buffy right before the end battle. There's like this five minute sequence where they're just playing D&D and they're just yeah. hanging out. and They're checking in with each other or like a lot of people didn't like it. But in the middle of Avengers Age of Ultron, they stopped the movie for like 20 minutes. They just hang out at Hawkeye's house with his kids and like mm-hmm. work on his tractor. And it's like they get a reprieve. You get a sense of who these people are when they're not being pushed in a, into extremists. Oh, and that no, that's is, my favorite thing. I yeah. love like people who are having extreme shit happening all the time suddenly finding themselves in like a lull uh, at a reprieve and like how they deal with feelings in those moments. Right. I love that shit. Which, like, is something that, like, there there are more more of those meditative, like, taking its time moments in the later seasons of Longmire. Like, it's not like they've all gone out the window. Yeah. But as things escalated across... It's really interesting, you know, kind of revisiting the first season along with you, is that as the season goes on, by the last episode, I feel like the last episode of season one is kind of a microcosm of... Like, the first season is kind of a microcosm of the show as a whole. That when the show started to get more wrapped up in this ongoing, overarching mythology and the individual mysteries kind of take a back seat, it loses something of what makes it so special. Oh, that's disappointing to hear. But there's still lots of great yeah. stuff coming. Yeah. Like... It's just, a, it's a bummer that, like, this is the thing I... 
was the most disappointed about. I still mm-hmm. like the show, yeah. and I want to watch more. But yeah, that was the thing I liked the least. And to hear you say, like, yep, that continues, it gets worse, is, that's a bummer. Well, it's, a, it's a back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it is, it's a it's a parabola. It's a, it's a it's an arc that happens over every season where the season kind of begins and there's sort of more of the slow-paced mysteries. And then it ramps up. And then as it ramps up over the season, mm. things sort of pile on. Yeah. But you do get those moments of reprieve. You get... Well, that's good. You get fun moments where Walt's just hanging out with Ferg and, like, yeah. you know, like people Ferg. have moments. The Ferg. The Ferg. So... Moving on from that, yeah. the overarching yeah, stuff, yeah. I have a few specific things that I wanted to discuss. Oh, perfect. One of which is Vic, mm-hmm. Katie Sackhoff's character. Uh, freaking weird that it wa- they waited until the sixth episode, more than halfway through the season, before we found out the answer to the question posed in the pilot, why is she in Wyoming? Why did she move there? Mm-hmm. And also... The first hint we get that she is married. Yeah. Six episodes go by. Five episodes go by. We never hear a single hint. Not even a glimmer of a mystery of her relationship status or anything. Or anything about why she moved there. Uh Nothing. It's completely dropped. It is. They go hard for the expo log drop in the first few minutes of the pilot. With, I know I'm kind of new here, but I did work homicide in Baltimore or whatever the hell she's from. Yeah. Like, they go hard for that and then don't completely drop it. And then it's not until, yes, episode six that we find out she's married. Mm -hmm. Immediately we find out they're having a rough time. We meet him like the next episode Mm -hmm. and that she moved there because of his job and like they're having issues. And it's like all of a sudden within two episodes, we get like a huge dump of information, both in terms of dialogue and like visual information where we actually see them interacting Uh and he hates Walt and like all kinds of shit. Like it's all of a sudden boom. It reeked to me of what I call back burner writing, Mm -hmm. which we have danced around that issue, but I didn't have a name for it yet. Yeah. This is what gave me the idea for the name for it. I, I say, I call it. Like, I've been doing that for years. Yeah, I just no, came up with it. But Beckmaner writing, that's when they come up with a character, but they go, hey, character, here's a couple of notes about them and their story, but, like, we're kind of going to be vague, and we're going to put them on the back burner, and uh-huh. they're just going to be around... And then we're going to just wait to drop any info about their backstory or what they're really about until we figure it out, mm-hmm. which they do a lot, especially in pilots. I haven't read the books. Yeah. But something that I've noticed in adaptations, like recently there was an adaptation of uh, Mortal Engines, that movie about cities moving on wheels. Okay. Peter Jackson produced it, whatever. But I, I watched this YouTube. Yeah, exactly. I watched this YouTube video where they were talking about all the structural problems and the bad writing of the film. Yeah. And literally, I've not seen the film, but I've read the book. But literally, all the structural things that they said were bad in the film were directly pulled from the book. It everything I've heard about the film, they just shot the book scene for scene in order. Yeah. Like this is the book on screen, and I'm wondering if this thing with Vic is something like that, where it's like. Vic is just there for multiple books of this Longmire series. And then in like book five, we get Vic's backstory and why she's there. And it's like, it's been established in the book. So the writers have it in their Bible, but they're like, we're not going to address this right now because of thing. Like, it's like, it's like a note. It's like what you're saying, but I'm, I guess what I'm bringing to is that like, I'm wondering if this is 
some sort of symptom of these being adapted from books. Regardless of how long it took them to deal with Vic's story in the books, as long as that book was already written when the show came out, they have that information. Right. They could, it's up to them how they want to piece that out over the show. It's just weird. It would still be weird that they completely ignored her and then suddenly like, here's all this stuff. It just confused me because I went, well, that's some classic backburner right. writing. And then I went, wait a minute, these are based on fucking books. And I Googled, is Vic in the Longmire books? Uh, and I got a spoiler. Oh. But the answer was to my question was, yeah, she's in the books. They didn't add her character for the show right. or something, which so, would have explained it. What I was making that face a minute ago because I was a little confused. Why is Vic in Wyoming? In the show, uh, yeah. her husband works for some big energy company. That like oil company that they butt heads with in one of the uh -huh. episodes. Uh -huh. He works the cult for that episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he works for that company, and they transferred him there. Okay. And we find that out in the same breath, I think, as we find out that. They're considering transferring him to, like, Australia or something. Uh-huh. And he's considering taking the transfer. And he doesn't even ask her. Like, he informs her he's considering taking the transfer. And she's right. upset reasonably right. about that. Because it sounds like he's a fucking piece of shit. Right. Uh, and also, he's real boring looking. Yeah. He's, he is very... He is a very lackluster character in yeah. appearance and behavior and in as much as we get any kind of character out of him. In the, like... He appears... There's a lot of him in... in on screen and off for like two two and a half episodes, and then he's gone for the rest of the of the season again. Yeah. It's weird. It's another possible reason for some of these this this odd stuff mm -hmm. that you're talking about. Uh, is this was kind of like a, I feel like when this show came out in 2012, the the binge worthy model, yeah, like what we think of as a Netflix show where it's like ten episodes, yeah. ten episode story thing, yeah, was kind of like just starting to like networks and stuff were just starting to kind of figure out that binging was a thing mm -hmm. and and you know hbo had been doing it for years like other places had but yeah. like it was like the people almost knew streaming was coming and they were starting to like make things for this and i almost wonder if some of the vic backstory husband drama blah 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 was shot and intended to be used as background in an earlier episode and then like because of editing and things it got moved like later down the season because mm. that is something that will happen in tv shows as well i have i have no inside knowledge on this i'm just this is like the kind of like yeah. inside baseball stuff i yeah. my brain like it, is like yeah. why it could be i yeah it's just it was definitely something that was like oh god that was all right all of a sudden we're getting it all in in like two episodes it's just like boom 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 everything about her her husband and all this shit and then like and then gone. Right. And then we don't hear really anything else about it. It just felt very strange to me. And it, it it's something that, like, if they did shoot it for other times, they could have piecemealed it out over the season. Like, in the same way that the flashbacks of yeah. Walt's whatever happening in Denver was, are happening all through the was, season. They wrapped it up very, very slowly. Yeah. But also, yeah, they had the choice to do that because those flashbacks very rarely have anything to do with what's happening in the episode. Yeah. Until it actually starts coming in later. But yeah. uh, moving on to another thing I also wanted to talk about. Basically going character by character. That's fine. Like thing. Yeah. Uh, the old sheriff is something we talked about. Oh, in yeah. The, and I didn't want to spoil pilot. who it was. And you were you were so excited uh -huh. for me to find out who they stunt casted as yeah. the old sheriff. 
And I was excited to find it out. And I had an idea in my head. And I actually wrote it in my phone, what my prediction was. Uh-huh. So I could, like, show it to you if I turned out to be right, right or whatever. Which I was not right. My prediction was... Charlton Heston. Oh, God. He would have been amazing. Right? And honestly, when you see... You're like... You can see him as that character also. Yeah. I knew nothing. I just knew old Sheriff. I knew nothing about how the actual character Didn't was going to be like. Charlton Heston pass away like... Is he dead? Ten years ago. Are you thinking of Clint Eastwood? Oh. I think I was kind of mixing them up in my head. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, honestly, Clint Eastwood is basically Charlton Heston now. Yeah. But there's a lot of crossover yeah. there. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I, I was thinking Clint Eastwood. Right. I was thinking of the both of them. I don't care enough about them to split them up in my head. But regardless, I recognized Peter Weller so little uh-huh. that I saw his name in the credits as director and went, oh, the director of this episode was named Peter Weller. It didn't occur to me that it would be Peter Weller. Yeah. And then when he appeared, I didn't go, oh, Peter Weller. I just went, who the fuck is this guy? Strangely said I would recognize him. He, he called it stunt casting. Who the hell is this dude? I gotta tell you, the years have not been kind to Peter Weller. No. He is not... He has not aged in a Hollywood way. <laughs> no, but I, I, that almost makes Damn. me love him more. No, no, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just saying I 1,000% did not recognize him. And Buckaroo Banzai is one of my favorite movies. Like, yeah. I have seen it a number of times. Yeah. Like, I did not recognize him at all. He was delightful. Uh-huh. I wish he was in the first season more. He's not in it nearly enough. And uh, he was also RoboCop. Yes. Well, yeah. I've actually never seen RoboCop. Right. It's a gap in my in my it's movie okay. life or whatever. But uh, he is Buckaroo Banzai to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I did not recognize him at all. That that was completely confusing. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, I just had to address that because we talked about it in in our initial pilot episode but like he has aged into someone who has a face that just screams i have seen some shit oh yeah one thousand percent no perfect casting let's get that out of the way perfect casting for this character delightful he was it was great it was was amazing i loved it both as uh as the former sheriff and as branch's uncle (laughs) like holy there's some shit going on in that family like wow uh which Perfectly transitions me to Branch, is what I want to talk about next. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, listeners may recall I referred to him as Deputy Dickhead in our episode about the pilot. He has now been upgraded to Deputy Tight Pants. Because uh, <laughs> the, the, the Wranglers he man, wears. Man, the pants are tight. They're some s- tight pants. I imagine him like having his pants put on by like the Iron Man robot arms that put oh, Iron yeah. Man into the. It's it's a lot. Like man, he got to wiggle into those. He probably right. lubes himself up every morning just to slide in. <laughs> a lot of just pouring talc down the pants. Yeah, he just like oils himself up in the morning. Like here we go. But I hoped in in our initial episode, I said I hoped Branch would improve, and he does. Yeah, he grows a lot as a character. We learn a lot more about him. He becomes a lot more interesting. He takes a bit of a downturn towards the end, especially in the season finale. That fist fight, it, it makes no goddamn sense to me. But also, I have to remember that I watched, I barreled through uh-huh. the season and then thought, wait, I should wait until right before we do the, the, the catch up to watch the finale. And then we went on tour before right. we were able to do it. So there was a month between episodes nine and 10 for me. So I have to remind myself that there's all this shit with him and Katie mm-hmm. and he blames Walt for breaking up him and Katie. Right. And it's more of that than anything else at this point, 
we we learn more about him and his backstory and his fucking dad who is a piece of work mm-hmm. no wonder uncle bonsai hates him i can't even call it a fist fight when they first go like all right one punch if you yeah. can take me down i'll quit right now and i was like this is unnecessary, but, like, I kind of get these characters being like, all right, fisticuffs, let's do this yeah. like men. But then they do the one punch, and then it turns into a fucking childish, like, animalistic brawl with them just rolling around on the fucking ground. But see, I, that's what I like about it. I don't is know. I feel like it's not, it's not supposed to, like, initially it seems like they're settling it with this, like, this honor, on, mm. moment of honor. Like, one yeah. punch, I will retire. Yeah. You can have the moment. Yeah. But then it very quickly descends into something that is not artful, it's not beautiful, it's yeah. not cool, it's just lame. I wish that they had reminded us in some way, one little line or word that had reminded us that part of Branch's problem with Walt at this point is related to Katie. Yeah. Because at that moment it really just felt... Having had a break between the episodes and having kind of forgotten about that, it very much felt like he was just mad about Walt being disagreeing with him about arresting the kid. Right. And it felt like, and well, it, this escalated quickly. It's, but, a, it's an excuse that they're finally letting all this other stuff to the surface. But he's so, re- like, you can yeah. really sympathize with him in a way they, that an antagonist or a, 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 a foil. Yeah. Often you don't in a show. It's like the show is called Longmire. Walt is the lead. We're yeah. supposed to be in Walt's corner. And yet so many of Branch's moments of like, Walt, what the hell? Are, are like quite reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, he's a great character for that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely they they sort of I don't I keep thinking rehabilitate. That's not quite right because he's not bad to begin with. Right. He's presented as bad in the pilot as just like conniving and and manipulating and and like he's trying to steal Walt's job and he's just yeah. glad handing around town. But like we're getting that from Walt. And what we learn more about him and learn his backstory. I mean, I definitely did not call when they first start hinting that Katie's in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, who is it going to be? Because it definitely feels like this is going to be a reveal. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, as soon as I started thinking about it, I went, well, probably Branch. Like, I, And as soon as we see, the, we see the two of them together, but you can't see his face yet, and they're waiting to reveal who it is, as soon as they showed that, I went, oh, it's going to be Branch. I was like, I knew in that moment. Then they, when, they, when he finally walks in, it's like, I should probably leave. I was like, I was not surprised in that moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep branch yep. who else could it be it's not gonna be ferg right as much as i wanted it to it's not gonna be vic r.i.p that ship that ship is fully fully sailed i don't know I, I guess it especially meeting his dad it makes you go like oh this is a lot of branch's issues of why he's kind of a dick in some ways yeah it's because his dad is fucking horrible that line where his dad's like i know you like the man but you need to find a reason to hate him like yeah what? Like, you need to find something to hate about him so that you can win the campaign against him. It's like, fuck you, dad. Yeah. What is with his dad? Is that guy, is that a notable actor? Because, I'll, I'll tell you why I want to know. Because he looks to me like a completely average, totally forgettable old white dude. Nothing about him is notable at all. He doesn't especially look like he's related to the actor yeah. branch. Nothing. And then there's that episode where he's having an affair with that lady. Mm-hmm. And for a minute, 
they make it seem like the lady might be having an affair with Branch right. because they ask, they say, oh, she was seen at a hotel with a man. Well, what did the man look like? And apparently when Vic or Ferg or whoever was questioning the the hotel employee, uh-huh. the hotel employee said he was like, uh, very good looking. And that's all that, it's like, you didn't ask any questions? Like, thank you, ma'am. That's very uh, helpful. But like, we were kind of thinking more height. You know, yeah, skin build. color, build, any any other actually useful stuff. I yeah. mean, we'll take it into consideration that you thought he was a hottie, but like, we need more. And if she had, if the, if she continued, oh sure, like um, late fifties, uh, you know, fa- graying hair, and then you instantly would have known it wasn't Branch. But like, all they took from it was very good looking, and then and then it turns out it's Branch's dad, and I'm like, yeah. very good looking. The actor from a does not quite match the on the page yeah, writing. Yeah, like, no. I feel like it's more of like a uh, he should have been more of like maybe a um, you know like a Pierce Brosnan kind of like yeah. a Silver Fox kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, his dad absolutely been should have been a little bit Silver Foxy. Yeah. I mean, he should have been at least as good looking as Walt. Yeah, Foxy enough for America. Yeah, he should have been Foxy enough for America. But, like, instead he's just an aggressively average-looking, like, old white dude. Like, it's hard to believe that that, like, the super hot uh, lady who was, like, the wife of the dude yeah. who got murdered. Like, it, it's was hard to believe him. that she would have been involved with him. Yeah. It's hard to believe that this hotel employee would have said, very good-looking. Whether the hotel employee thought that he was good-looking or not, you wouldn't describe someone that way unless you thought it was like, no, this is noticeable. The right. guy looked like a freaking model or something. Like, and, and like it, even, it, it was weird. It even, made no fucking sense. Like, even Lucian, his brother, like, Peter Weller, yeah. like, you can kind of get, like... this. his name is Lucian. What a crazy name to choose. There's, like, a, oh. like uh, there's a charisma to him. Like, when he's like, hey, Ruby. Yeah. And she's like, hi, Lucian. I absolutely would have believed more if they had mistaken... If there had been a moment where they thought it was Branch, but then it was Lucian. And then it would have been kind of funny, like, oh, yeah, I guess some people would find him pretty hot. But, like, with, with Branch's dad, it was just like, what? No, but no. No one would describe that guy as very good looking. He's, yeah. like, what? just aggressively average looking. Average. Old, boring-ass, white, rich white dude. Like, he's and awful. That, it's like oh, Gerald, Gerald McRaney, the, the actor, yeah. like, has been cast in other things as, like, billionaire asshole. Yeah. Like that's like that part of the casting makes total sense. Like sure. he plays the almost exact same character on the show House of Cards mm. where he's like this billionaire Raymond Tusk who's like a kingmaker and he chooses all the presidents cuz he's a billionaire or whatever. Yeah. Like it's the same kind of character. But no one ever has described him as it's very, very good looking. looking. No. It's just anyway, that was a weird thing, but okay. I've wrapped up all my thoughts about uh the Connollys. All the Connollys. We'll let the Connollys be. Yeah, we'll let the Connollys be and move on to mm-hmm. Lizzie. 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 What the hell is with that character? Her, as a romantic interest for Walt, makes sense not at all to me. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing about that character. I find her rather annoying, to be honest. Um... When we first meet her, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to turn out she was some kind of like, she's going to be like some rich country singer who just had like a summer home there or some shit. Mm-hmm. And she was going to maybe show up every so often or maybe she'd just be in that episode and then go away. Right. Who apparently she's just a really annoying, loud, rich lady who has, we have to get, we've given, been given no information about why she lives there, why she's so fucking rich, none of that. Who the fuck 
opens the door and just screams, dang, you're tall, to the person standing there with, like, no preamble. Like, wow. Anyway, I just find her very annoying, and it's really hard to imagine that Walt would be interested in her. Yeah. She's so loud. <laughs> and so, not in a fun way. I'm pretty loud. I like loud, brash people. You know me. I like that. She just seems loud for no fucking reason, and, like, she doesn't get it also really feels like she's not super perceptive. She does not really get what's going on always yeah. with, the, with the stuff, with other people's feelings. She, it's, I buy that she was attracted to Walt immediately and was like, I'm going to flirt with this guy. But as soon as she got a vibe of what his personality was like, you think she would be like, maybe back off. Like, oh, this guy's got issues. I'm going to back off. This guy's not for me. Yeah. He's not picking up what I'm laying down. I will go to other pastures. And she keeps on going for it and just will not... He seems real uncomfortable every time she shows up, and he just she just keeps going at it. It's very annoying to me. Mm. Also, before we get the reveal that his wife was murdered, and we still think she died of cancer, and he's just still dealing with it, like he is clearly not dealing with it, and has not begun to have dealt with it and be ready to move on. You right. gotta deal with the death before you move on. You cannot start dating someone as a way to deal with your wife's death. Doesn't seem like a healthy approach. No. When your wife's voice is still on your fucking answering machine and her ashes are still in your kitchen in a tea box, that is not the time to start dating. Yeah. So it seems weird that everyone on the show is like, hey, maybe you should date her. It's like, okay, maybe you should start dating is a thing to say like, it would be good. It's been a year. Like, maybe it would be. But first, also, I don't think a year after your spouse has died is like, that's a fine time to start dating if you feel you are ready. But mm -hmm. it's not a time when everyone in your life should be going like, hey, man, it's way past time for you to start dating again. Yeah. Not everybody wants to ever date again after they lose their spouse, you know? And that's okay. I think there's too much in movies. Everyone is like, and and if you don't move on, it's because you haven't dealt with it and you're like, you, right. you're not moving on. Moving on with your life does not necessarily have to involve ever dating or marrying again. Right. For some people it does, but it does not have to. Like, no. there's too much pressure on that. If you don't move on and start dating and, and get married or, like, find love again, then you're not dealing with it. Like, you know, sometimes maybe you just decide you're done with that part of your life and you could just move on with the rest of your shit. I don't know. It felt very weird to me that they were pushing her as a character so much. I honestly, like, I felt so much, like, a, her first couple reveals or whatever, like... On the one hand, like, it was sweet that someone was chasing Walt and that, you know, it seemed like there was maybe going to kind of be this, like, yeah. will they, won't they for it a long time. It seemed a little bit cute but at it, first. I mean, honestly, like, some of the performance that she was giving, I thought it was going to be revealed later on that she was, like, secretly some kingpin of, like, of the area. You know, yeah. like, there was it was going to be revealed, like, over the next season or something in the future that, like, there were some people stealing cattle and, like, there was, like, this kind of conspiracy that was like taking over the like the 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 mayor or something was in her pocket and she was like the architect of Walt's what you know like kind yeah. of like a weird like she was going to be the Moriarty to his Sherlock Holmes hmm. like just because there were so many yeah. like strange little off-putting things about her personality that had she been revealed later to be something of like deeper import it yeah. would have made more sense but she's not Right, like, like her husband divorced her because Walt, you know, he's in jail from Walt or something. Like, Walt is her secret, like, a nemesis. Yeah. But it doesn't, like, she just doesn't really have... 
any she's, purpose she's other just than this being very a very loud yeah. lady who likes Walt and does not and know how to read the room. Yeah. Basically. I guess I'm sorry I spoiled that she's not no, his Moriarty, no, it's but fine. Like, I was not that never crossed my mind. I yeah, right. that I just was like, why is this lady so weird? We get this little moment in the the finale that almost she almost has a moment where her character could become something, but it's like delivered not that way at all. When uh she shows up to like give a gift to Walt, mm-hmm. which does that look like the, who knows what it is? We don't get to see what it is. Right. But the way it's wrapped, does that look like the kind of thing that Walt would, would be want? It looks like a her thing, like a yeah. rich lady, rich white lady gift. Does not look like something that Walt would be into. But uh, she has this conversation with Vic where Vic's like, what are your intentions? Like, what are you actually trying to get out of this? Because Walt's got a lot of shit going on and I just don't want you like messing with him or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she's basically like, oh no, we're just, we're not rushing into anything. It's very, everything is very low key so far. Everything's very G rated, you know. <laughs> and then she's like, ah, I, but I have a question for you. What are your intentions? And for a second, you think she's gonna get like real about it. Like, what's your deal? Why, why yeah. are you asking so many questions, lady? Yeah. But then she just goes like, oh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and then walks away, and you're like, wait, I don't know now if she actually meant that or not, or how she meant it. It just, yeah, I, right. I'm it's not like on the board kind with of Lizzie comeback a, a child would have. Yeah. What? Well, what are your intentions? You, I know you delivered, are. Right? Delivered differently and shot differently. Not not just the character. I'm not playing about the actor. Yeah. Uh, it could have meant something. And it just felt like it didn't mean anything, actually. I don't know. Um, except potentially, well, something else I'm going to mention during our lightning round. But the only other two. So moving on past characters, I have two thematic things or like show mm-hmm. things I want to talk about. Are th- those, that's it for characters? That's it for characters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you have something that you were hoping that we could well, talk about? Well, I guess just like this is maybe a slightly more overarching thing, but yeah. one of the things that I love about the show is the way that sort of the the broader supporting cast will come back and be reused. Like yeah. if they want to know about guns or bows or whatever or hunting, yeah. they always go to the same dude. That's weird. Doesn't he he does not come back between the finale and the pilot, right? He's in both and I don't think he's anywhere in the middle. Is he not in the bear baiting episode? I don't think that was him. I think it was somebody else. Okay, but like he is a known quantity in that town. He's he's like he just seemed unnecessarily annoying in the in the season finale, considering mm-hmm. that he hadn't been around since the pilot, where he does very little. Right. Maybe he was the one in the bear baiting episode. I thought that was somebody else though. Is he's not the one who takes them hunting, right? When Vic gets shot, or is he? Yeah, is no, he is the one who takes oh. them hunting. Okay, so he was. Being gross and flirting with Vic in an, in an inappropriate way. Yeah. So I forgot because I put that month in the middle of my watching. But like, yeah, but it, so like, he's just but he doesn't have much of a character aside from he knows about weapons and he's sort of gross and inappropriate. Cool, right? Cool character, bro. So there, there, but there's like him and there's um, uh, I can't remember his name. The guy who used to be a rodeo clown. The um, I I wish that guy would come back. Yeah. So there's he, a, he hasn't yet. Over the he was delightful, and the, I guess it's something that maybe over season one there's less of, but yeah. in the retooling into season two and three, like it's just like the. For me, it the it feels like a very lived-in universe because there are certain people that Walt's like he's an asshole, but he knows about guns. Yeah, like he's our asshole. Honestly, I could have done with more small town characters who mm-hmm. come back and are useful or like part of the city, part yeah. of the town and, and what it's all about and part of their lives and less 
intrigue about murders and mystery about his wife. But uh, I'm glad to hear there's maybe a little more of that yeah. in the second season. Now, did you, was there, were there any more uh, appearances by Matthias over season one? Oh, yeah. No. Yes. Yes. I remember you wanted to talk about Matthias in the pilot. Yeah. And you were sad he didn't get time to do more. I do like Matthias. He doesn't get to do a. He doesn't get a lot in the first season, but definitely I liked his character. The, um, I could see them doing more with him, and I'm hope I'm glad that you seem so excited right. about how much he gets to do in the show. Well, I like the 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 episode where the the tri, uh, the tribal president or the the Cheyenne head of the tribal council guy yeah, is gets murdered. murdered, and yeah. Oh well, there's Jacob. Uh-huh. Is the rich guy who's yeah. who's building the casino. Mm-hmm. He's an interesting character. Yeah. Hate his uh, his facial hair, but he's. But he's committed to that face. Weird. Like, he's yeah. got a weird look, and I don't like looking at it. He's got like the just the chin yep. goatee, right? But without the mustache. T- the mustache. It's weird, but it, I like the character. The yeah. Character's interesting. That thing with the with the murder, where the the vehicle with the body in it has been moved, and. Um, so it's just over the border, mm. the reservation oh, yes. border. Yes, yes. Uh, and then I can't remember who moved it, but it, it was Matthias. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I There's that whole thing sure. where Matthias is like weirdly receptive to Walt being there, and Walt and Vicker both like, "Why is Matthias so ex- like okay with us being here and helping him with the investigation?" It turns out Matthias planned it. Yeah. To draw Walt there to put the body on. Walt's jurisdiction. Walt's jurisdiction. So Walt would have to investigate it because it was going to be a really prickly case. Yeah. And it would be difficult for Matthias. And then that ends up being like why he can... uh, I can't remember. It ends up being kind of part of the catch with the guy who did it. Yeah. But I just... I, I really like that that sort of it's 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 that moment of matthias doing that is the first step on kind of this like very gradual progression over the course of the show of him and walt sort of building this relationship yeah because they have the rockiest start walt through matthias's predecessor in jail yeah uh and like i just i love uh zan mclaren's uh Zan McLaren, right? That's the actor's name. I that sounds yeah. right. I think that's what you I said. I love his performance as the character because like he he's also like a very small person. Like he's not physically imposing. Oh, and he's yet, very uh intense. Though. He's so intense. Yeah. It's he's a, such a very believable like lived-in feeling character. Yeah. No, I definitely liked him a lot. Uh, I'm glad they we got more of him and I'm looking forward to even more of mm-hmm. that in the next season. Also, Another character that we didn't get a lot of in the pilot, Ferg. Yeah. I just called him Deputy Golly in the in the pilot. Mm-hmm. But like I, I very quickly moved to calling him Ferg because he's adorable. Yeah. And especially I love that episode where he like he screws up. Mm-hmm. I mean he really screws up. Like it's not it's serious. Yeah. He almost gets somebody killed. Yeah. Uh and he is like he tries to resign. Mm-hmm. And says, I know you only hired me as a favor for my dad. And Walt's like, no, you stay. Like, there's, we're not done with you yet. Like, it's just, I don't know. He's cute. He's not just bumbling. Yeah. They give him more than that. And he's aware of it. He's not just like, well, I don't know. Oops, I, I spilled a thing. He's not just there to be a bit of a, of, of, a goof, of a goofball and to make mistakes so the other characters have to clean them up. He is aware and wants to be better. 
And he is someone who continually through the course of the show does useful things. Yeah. Is helpful. Yeah. Is he's not a Barney Fife. He's not yeah. He's exactly. not only as dumb as the plot needs him to be. He feels very complete as a person. You're right. Yeah. That is a good thing. Yeah. Characters who are as dumb as the plot needs them to be. <sighs> or as crazy as the plot needs them to be. Anything. Right. Yeah. He's he is definitely he feels consistent. Yeah. He's still a little bit goofy. They don't immediately turn him around and make him immediately grow leaps and bounds mm-hmm. either. Like there's that bit where uh, uh, Vic has just had that kind of intense interaction with Lizzie and then they cut to Ferg who's just looking at her while licking an envelope. He's just got his tongue hanging out just like it's like he's looking at her like what was that all about but he's also just like unaware of how goofy he looks licking right. an envelope with his tongue hanging out I don't know it, it was such a Ferg moment it made me love him so one last character I want to talk about okay. before we get to our lightning round yes we gotta we gotta touch on that LDP we gotta talk about Lou Diamond Phillips oh you're right we do have to talk about LDP because um, you had some concerns with the pilot like and I mean unfortunately none of those concerns have really been dissuaded exactly because mm-hmm. I still don't know he is not. He is not Cheyenne. He is not Native American, and I still don't know. I still don't have any more information with which to gauge whether the character is being handled well. Mm-hmm. But from the outside, not knowing anything about that world uh, and that experience, I love the character and I love Ludan Phillips. I mean, credit to the actor that he is doing everything that he can with the character. And the, his speech patterns very rarely feel unnatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, st- I'm still, I'm still kind of looking at sideways a little bit at that decision of them to make him not use contractions. Uh, I'm still kind of like, I still don't know exactly why you guys did that. Like, why you chose that. Well, why the writer chose that, presumably. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't come up that often. It doesn't, it's not that noticeable. It does feel like it's just the way Henry speaks rather mm-hmm. than being like a weird stereotype. Right. Um, and Henry is great. He is a good friend to Walt while also not enabling Walt's bullshit. He's also a good friend to Katie. Mm-hmm. And he's also just like a good person. That, that's the thing, y'all, too, I mentioned during the season finale where he answers the phone always. It is a beautiful day at the Red Pony and Continual Soiree. I haven't looked it up yet. I should have. I really want to know what is, is Continual Soiree, what does that mean? <laughs> It's a, always a party. It's a delightful way to answer the yeah. phone. But I've never heard that figure speech before, and I like want to know if there's something. Another thing about Henry that I love about him is is le- is that he seems to be, as a person, like he is he's like an archetype of a of westerns, mm-hmm. not uh, the Native American sidekick archetype, yeah. but the like overeducated man who is out on the plains, like. Who speak like uh, 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 Augustus McRae in Lonesome Dove, or like um, Val Kilmer's car- uh, Doc Holliday, uh-huh. where there are these people who are like, there is nobody around me who can match me intellectually. Yeah, I have a college degree. I speak four languages. Yeah, I have read all of Socrates, and these idiots are talking about the latest issue of Playboy. Yeah, like that is almost more of my read on him and why he never uses contractions is because he went and got some big like he went to university. And, like, is, like, this kind of, like, odd philosopher intellectual hmm. guy. Interesting. More so than it being an artifact of him being a Native American. Which, like, the continual soiree thing. Like, just, like, certain things like that about him. I just kind of love that, like, he is an odd person. 
Hmm, and interesting. Like, okay. That's definitely not not the way that I read it, but I like that. Yeah. And that is that is something that like over the course of the seasons too, like as he interacts with more of the other characters, like he is clearly a strange like person mm-hmm. to the other Cheyenne characters. Like he went away. Yeah. Like him and Walt, you know, they talk about working oil rigs in their te- in their twenties or whatever. Like mm. at some point, I don't remember. Yeah. It's a background detail. It's not a spoiler, but like, yeah, yeah. They him and Walt like went off and lived in Alaska together for a while, and like they've yeah. done like all this kind of stuff like that. Yeah, that I think for Henry as a character, uh, it just like he's he's a weird person. He left his hometown, went off and did yeah. all this stuff, and came back and didn't really fit in anywhere. Yeah. And which is one of the reasons that he's kind of this bridge be- between like the Cheyenne and non-Cheyenne worlds is because he doesn't really belong anywhere. Yeah. Which he's really compelling because yeah. of that. Again, the caveat, neither of us are in any way qualified to judge the ac- the accuracy of this portrayal. Yeah. Unfortunately, we know nothing about that. But he, he is definitely... LDP is doing a great job with the material he's given, and the character is compelling just as a character. He's an interesting character. We like him. Yeah. Uh, He is good. Also, just, I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking at Lou Diamond Phillips on a TV show. There's just nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. That is, there is a lot of things that are right about it, as a matter of fact. And uh, if you're not following us on Twitter... (laughs) Check it out, because uh, we're basically best friends with Lou Diamond Phillips now. He's retweeted us, I believe, twice now. Uh, He's no a, big deal. a delightful no deal. person. Yeah, I'm pretty into it. It's time for the lightning round. Let's do this. The needle drops. What the fuck? The, like, the, there are some weird needle drops on this show, you guys. It, it really does feel like the like A&E got paid some money by a record label and gave us given a list of songs, except they're not all recent. I mean, there's one where at the end of the episode, when the, it was the Dog Soldier episode, when Walt basically goes to the lady who's like, I know that you did it. She's like, haha, but you'll never convict me. And he's like, I won't, but the Dog Soldier will. Basically, he freaks her out into turning herself in so it's like an intense moment he freaks her out with like the idea of vigilante justice or even a supernatural yeah uh force getting her he scares her and as he's doing that she's like gets wide-eyed and then over the montage bit where she goes with him to the car and he like puts her in the it's like sale <laughs> what the hell some like, confusing AWOL nation like what why AWOL nation like who put that song makes no sense even outside the context of this show anyway one of the other things i wanted to address specifically there's the rodeo episode uh-huh. and they fucking nail it when all the rodeo guys are at the red pony they've got travis tritz t-r-o-u-b-l-e playing and it's fucking like nailed yeah. it right yeah then when they get to the actual rodeo they are playing Rob fucking Zombie at a rodeo. What? It neither fits the rodeo and it also doesn't fit my earlier idea that like there was some record label being like, put these songs on. Because that song was pretty old in 2012. I, I, what is happening? That particular one, I actually wonder. Dragula? I actually wonder if like, that is like secretly very popular on the rodeo circuit, and it's like a thing you keep I hearing ref- at rodeos. I refuse to believe that they were that informed. 
I just I, refuse. I just... I'm not saying it couldn't be true. I'm I'm not willing to believe it unless someone actually gives me proof. Based on my personal experience of good old boys who drive trucks and love rodeos, like, it would not at all surprise me. I think we are, we have, ex we have uh, uh, probably exhausted the discussing the needle drop. So, we can move on to, when I talk about queer representation on Lockmire. Yeah. There is none. But... The first sign of any kind of queer character we get is two married men who cheat on their wives together. One of them gets beat to death by the son of his lover who th and then tries to beat near to death by the son of his lover and then tries to kill himself out of guilt slash shame. And the son tries to kill him because he's ashamed that his dad is gay or whatever like yeah. it's a trash pile of bad queer shit in an episode so like negative 12 for longmire basically also vic slash katie rest in peace i i i would like to point out that uh i have several times looked at the remember back when there were you could post personal ads on uh craigslist mm-hmm and I don't remember how I wound up looking at this, but a friend of mine was like, oh my God, have you seen the uh, Men for Men, Men Seeking Men page on Wyoming on Craigslist? Oh, whoa. <laughs> I uh, bet that's something. Because Wyoming is not a very populous state. Mm -hmm. And so instead of having Craigslist for, for different cities in Wyoming, Craigslist is one page for all of Wyoming. Wow. So the personals there were incredibly cagey and in incredibly like, like clearly being gay in Wyoming is not a thing. And like, as much as like, I hate that that is the story that yeah. had queer people on Longmire. It yeah actually rang like sadly true sure but this is still a television show and oh. they can you can make things better than reality in a tv absolutely show. i just i wanted to point out i'm not gonna that, give like, them an out i'm not giving them an out were. i'm just i'm just pointing to the fact that like that is so sadly like depressingly true of yeah. that area sure probably it is but like yeah i i wish the show was better than that you know which yeah, I wish to be life more. was better than that. Well, yes. Yes, we all do. TV shows can uh, improve life by showing things that could be better instead of just showing the way things are and making people think, that's and that's the way they are, and that's the way they always will be and always should be. Like, Absolutely. Give us something better. But anyway, uh, I think it's time for some questions. I have two and you have one. So you go first, so then I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. All right. This is, I'll, do the, I'll do the really... Tiny one first, which okay. is, did you recognize Detective Vale in the finale? I did not. Charles S. Dutton. Mm -hmm. I saw his name in the credits and went, oh, where's he going to show up? And he walks up and I'm just immediately like, ah, delighted because. Uh, future Sarah here, just to correct past Sarah. She got very excited for a second and was conflating Charles S. Dutton with another actor and misremembering where she knew him from. Uh, Charles S. Dutton is actually in the excellent Robert Altman film, Cookie's Fortune. If you've never seen it, which you probably haven't, go seek it out. It's delightful. He's delightful in it. That's where I was recognizing him from. Not another movie that I am embarrassed, so we're not even going to say what it was, because it was a dumb mistake. Okay, back to the podcast. Anyway, mm -hmm. I'm just stoked he's there. And I'm stoked I recognize someone you didn't for once. 
<laughs> now it's your question, Strangely. I'm just curious, what single character do you want to see more of? Like, if you could just have that single character delved into. Mm. Good question. Um, I mean, I feel like most of the characters I want to get more of, more backstory, more personal stuff. I want them to be fleshed out more. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, I think I wanted more of Ruby, but at this point, I'm kind of like... I guess she's, this is just what she's, she's just kind of, she's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. No, there's not one character, I would say. There isn't one character that I'm like, give me more of that. I am on this train. I love this character. I want more of everybody. I want everyone to, I want less of Walt's wife's death, but obviously I'm not going to get that. I mean, obviously I want more Henry. Right. Because everybody wants more Henry. <laughs> but you know that's you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I don't. Not not any one character. I don't think more. I more, more Matthias for sure. Mm-hmm. But you led me to believe we will get more, so that's cool. Yes, I'll say Matthias. I'll yeah. that. That's my answer. Cool. Yeah. Now, in our initial episode, you mm-hmm. expected me to do some yelling when we did the catch-up episode, uh, and you implied it was something maybe related to relationships, but. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, uh, which I was afraid you meant like Vic and Walt were going to hook up and I'm still afraid they're going to delve down that road, at least in some way. And I'm dreading it. But I, was it Branch and Katie that you're expecting me to like freak out about? No, I, it was, a, it was things more down the line. Oh, that you forgot weren't in the first season. Yeah. Well, there's, there's some things that get teased out over multiple seasons, like, Okay. For me, remembering back over the show, I didn't have at the time that we recorded that uh, episode. I we had just rewatched the pilot, and I hadn't really like where the show kind of break, you know, yeah, breaks up because especially like this is this is a show that it's not a spoiler to tell you that like each season basically starts minutes after the previous one. Sure, yeah, no, you said there was something like this this. The entire events of the first season take place over, like, maybe a month. Uh-huh. It's not the kind of show where, like, it's stretched out over a year. Which, this also has the murder she wrote problem, where it's like, like, it's about a there month and, like, lot 25 murders. dead bodies. Like, yeah. what the Because hell? this show also has a tendency to have more than one murder right. in an episode. I mean, there were at least two in the finale. Right. Two in an attempted. Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely, way too many murders for such a small town, but, you know, it's fine. Um, so as we wrap this up, as we wrap this up, final verdict ish. Yeah. Sarah, are you going to watch more? Yes, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely on board. I definitely could see certain things happening that would make me stop. Mm-hmm. There are things that I could imagine happening that could make me do a 180, like as can happen with any show. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Winona Earp. But <laughs> I definitely am on board for more of this show, especially because. 10 episode seasons are pretty easy to gallop through. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely on board. We will probably be doing a second season catch up episode. Although that's going to be a Patreon exclusive. So, you know, if you really want to hear more of us talking about Longmire, if you want to hear us gush about LDP more, uh, check out the, the Patreon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website at pilothousepodcast.com 
or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future shows. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks to this week's special guest star, Chris, for supporting us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. And on that note, bye! Beautiful. Perfect.